The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. How's everybody doing? Good, good to see you this morning. And uh, we've been, we were out of church last week. Me and my wife, Sarah, were coming back from New York last Sunday, and we missed you guys, and we're glad to be back with you today. If you are a first-time guest, make sure you stop by and say hi to us after the service is over. Me and my wife, Sarah, will be in the lobby. It's going to be really good. We'd love to come uh, kind of get to know you, hear your story a little bit, and we've also got a gift for you if you're a first-time visitor, so stop by and, and pick that up. Hey, do me a favor. Turn to the person beside you and tell them this morning, tell them that you're glad that they're here. Go ahead and take a moment and do that. Now turn to the other person, your second choice, the person you avoided the first time around, and tell them it looks like you could use some Easter's, Easter's. Come on, do it. My kids have gotten really into Nacho Libre lately, so there's a line that goes along with that that I'm going to spare you. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. And uh, today I want to talk to you, you know, obviously we're a week away from Easter, next week is our Easter service, it's going to be amazing, Uh, just to remind you that next week we'll have two services, one at 9 and one at 10.30, we've got our Easter egg drop that will follow our 10.30 service, Uh, so make sure you are inviting people and getting people here, and and that's a little bit of what I I want to talk about with you today, is as we get ready to to step into Easter, to step into this opportunity that's in front of us, uh, how do we do that and, and actually really get the most out of it? Uh, today, if you know, uh, been around church, you probably heard this, this Sunday is called Palm Sunday. And I'll, I'll show you that today in, in the message we're going to be reading. But what we're going to be looking at today is the story of Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem. In fact, in your Bible, it may, it may say, uh, as you get ready to read this section or in your app, it may say the triumphant entry. Because that's really what is happening. Jesus is entering into Jerusalem and, and he's being celebrated as he enters into the city. Uh, But we all know what's going to happen. These same people who are singing his praises right now in just a few days are going to be chanting, crucify him, crucify him. So it's a very interesting moment that we see. And there's some characters in this story today that I want to look at. Some people that have to do with Jesus entering into the city, being brought into the city to these people. There's some kind of side characters I want to focus in on and look at today. So this is going to be a lot of fun, and, and, and my, my message, I'll, I'll kind of give you a hint on who one of the characters is going to be. My message this morning is called, Be the Donkey. Be the Donkey. Turn to the person beside you and say, Be a Donkey. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28, says this. It says, After Jesus has said this, he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. Now, so Jesus is entering into, uh, he's walking towards Jerusalem. And on the way there, he takes two of his disciples and he says, I want you guys to go to this village and I want you to do something for me. goes on to say, verse 30, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. Now that word colt is actually the Greek word polos and that word polos means a young donkey or a donkey colt. It's a baby donkey. Okay? He tells them you're going to find this, this baby donkey there. And another uh, one of the, another version of this, this story, because this story that we're going to read today is found in all four Gospels. Not every story of Jesus is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but this one actually is. In one of the other Gospels, it actually says this about the donkey. It says, when you find it, talking about the donkey, it will be tied to a post near a doorway. All right, so, so Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem. He's walking into this city. And it's interesting that he gives some real specific instructions to these two guys. 
He tells them to go to this particular village, and you're going to find this, this donkey. And I want you to go get this, this donkey for me. He says, uh, you will find a colt tied there which has never been ridden. Notice that's another very specific detail he gives about this donkey. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, I love this, this is awesome. The Lord needs it. So Jesus is kind of like, he's asking the disciples, basically, to pull the Jedi mind trick here. Go, go into the city. If anybody asks you about this, just kind of be like, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. You will give us the donkey. We will give you the donkey. Like, that's what Jesus is asking these guys to do. Okay, it goes on to say this, verse 32. Um, and, let, and let me just say this. Here's what, here's what Jesus is doing. And we'll, we'll come back to this a little bit later. But here's what Jesus is doing. He's asking his disciples to, to walk by faith. He's asking them to, to take his word for it and to go do something without having all the information, just to go do something and, and take his word and walk it out by faith. We'll come, we'll come back to that. Verse 32. Those who went ahead, these two disciples, went and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Now, really imagine this, okay? <laughs> imagine this. Imagine you're sitting in your home, and uh, let's, let's kind of modernize it a little bit here. You're sitting in your home, and you see a couple of people walk up to your house, and they start messing around with your car, kind of fiddling around with your car a little bit. And so you come out, and you're like, hey, what's going on? The Lord needs it. Oh, okay, well, go, yeah, take it. It's cool. Go right ahead. Okay, it goes on to say this for 35. They brought it to Jesus. So apparently these guys were cool. The owners of the colt were fine with them taking it. It goes on to say they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Another, another one of the Gospels talks about how they had these palm branches, and they were waving these palm branches. They were throwing these palm branches onto the road, thus where we get Palm Sunday. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise, and, to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. So Jesus is entering into uh, Jerusalem. And as he's entering in, the people are just, they're, they're celebrating. This is the king. And notice they say, it's the king, he's coming. Blessed is the king who comes. They, they recognize him as being the disciple who's come to, to save them. He's come to, to free them from the, their oppression. But here's the problem. They, they see the oppression in their life as being oppression that's brought on by the Romans. But Jesus, he didn't come to just fix that problem. He actually came to fix a bigger problem, which was the sin problem, which is the same problem that he wants to fix in our lives today. And so he's coming in, and, and it's this incredible, incredible story. And I, I almost get this sense as I read this of Jesus. And, and imagine what it was like for him. He's, he's going towards Jerusalem, and he knows what's ahead of him. He knows what, what lies in the, in the days ahead. He knows that he's going to be betrayed, that he's going to, to suffer great pain. He's going to be nailed to a cross, crucified, and he's going to die. But he also knows what waits on the other side of that. He knows what waits on the other side of that is a relationship and, and a freedom that me and you will get to step into. So he, he walks towards that. And what's interesting to me about this story is these other characters that played a role in him stepping into that story. These other guys that were there. Before this happens, we have these disciples and we have this donkey and the role that they play in this story. He says to them, to two of them, he basically says, I want you to go ahead and I want you to get me a donkey. Now when Jesus said this to them, he was actually fulfilling prophecy. 
There's a prophecy in Zechariah 9, verse 9. In fact, it says this. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious. He's a king coming in. But look at this. Lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So here's Jesus, the king, the Messiah, coming into the city, being praised. And he's riding on a donkey, of all things. Now, I don't know how much you know about donkeys, but uh, when I was growing up, there was a season in my life that, that I was really into horses. In fact, you may not believe this about me looking at me today, but there's actually a season in my life that I was training to be in rodeos. I wanted to be a professional rodeo cowboy and be a team roper. I had my own horse. I was around cattle and calves and, and livestock all the time. And I was also around donkeys and mules. And I learned something about donkeys and mules. They're very interesting animals. And there's a reason that you don't hear truck companies saying that the new F-150 has donkey power. Like, they don't say that. Because there's a big difference between a horse and a donkey. In fact, I have some pictures I want to show you this morning. Okay, so here's a horse. And you see a horse, like, you know, they look peaceful and they've got, you know, kind of a presence to them. Got kind of a regal bearing to them, you know. You look at them and you think... You know, some, they look good. And then you go to the, the donkey. And it's a different story. Like, it looks like something went wrong. Like, you, this is the horse's weird uncle or something. Big ears, kind of awkward, you know. I, I go to the next one, guys. So this is, this is the backside of a horse. And, and look at that, man. You can see the muscle fibers. And the, the horses are powerful Animals, you, you look at them and they just put off this image of power and then go to the next one. Not, not as impressive, <laughs> kind of like, you know, literally junk in the trunk kind of image there. Now go to the next one, guys. This is another one. Okay, this is kind of that image of a horse, right? Like rising up. This is like the Ferrari logo, like, you know, powerful, the, the high-ho silver kind of moment. The horse rises up and, and then you have this, this next one, which is kind of the same image, but it just... <laughs> It just doesn't quite put off the same vibe, does it? Look at that thing. Girls, like, you know, basically she could yank it down, I think. In that. So go to the next one, guys. So, this, so you've got the donkey, and you've got this baby donkey, and this is what Jesus rode into town on. Now, there, let me also say this, too. Even in the sound of a horse and a donkey, it's, it's very different. A horse can let out this sound. Guys, you got that sound for me? We're going to give you the sound of a horse here. Right? So it's kind of, you know, powerful, strong. And, and now the donkey. Big difference, right? The donkey's it's having like a surgery or procedure. But listen, guys, this is, this is what happened. This is... Jesus came into town, the King of Kings, the Messiah, rides into town on that. And I think it's really interesting. One of the things that, that stood out to me this week as I was studying this and looking at this was, was this. Jesus needed a ride. He needed a ride. And so he, he chose to come into town on this donkey. Now, if it was me, I would have probably you know, picked like a big white stallion, something kind of impressive. And listen, Jesus will come back someday, and he will be on a different animal the next time he comes in. 
But, but he, he didn't do that. He didn't come in on like a powerful Clydesdale lumbering through. He didn't like conjure up some winged Pegasus or ride in on a unicorn with a rainbow behind it. He didn't do that. He came in on this little donkey, this little imperfect kind of messy animal. And I love that. I do. And here's why. Because it tells me something. It tells me that Jesus doesn't need perfection. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to be perfect in order for us to be used to bring him to people. And I'm glad he doesn't because, listen, I'm not perfect. And, and you aren't either. You know that, right? In fact, turn to the person beside you and say, you ain't perfect. We're not perfect. We got issues. Sometimes we are the donkey, right? And, and so we're, we're not perfect. But, but here's the thing about God. He doesn't need perfection. He just needs people that are, that are willing to be used by him. And something else that stood out to me about this story, and I, and I think this is really neat. I've never really thought about this when it comes to Jesus, but, but Jesus was a borrower. Notice that he borrowed the donkey. And as I thought about that this week, I thought, you know, there's a lot of times Jesus borrowed things, really. Remember when he was born, he borrowed a manger? Borrowed the manger? Remember the time that he got on a boat and he went out to, to preach? He borrowed a boat so that he could minister from the boat? Uh, he, he borrowed an upper room one time with his disciples so that he could... He could tell, have the Last Supper with them and end up being what we, we share communion with. And next week we're going to celebrate that, that he borrowed a tomb. But he didn't need it for very long. just needed it for three days. But Jesus was a borrower. And, and my question to you today is this. Is it possible that Jesus wants to borrow you? Kind of like how he, he borrowed that donkey and he used that donkey to, to bring, God used that donkey to bring Jesus to people could it be that, that Jesus, that God wants to use you, that he wants to borrow you, borrow some aspects of your life to, to, to use you to bring Jesus to people who need Jesus desperately? Is it possible? I think it is. I think it's very possible. I think it's possible that you and me can be a delivery moment. We can be a person that, that Jesus can use, that God can use to bring Jesus to, to people who desperately, desperately need him. I think that's something God wants to do in our lives. And so today, what I want to look at is, is how, we can, how we can do that. Now, as I was thinking about this this week, here, here's something interesting. As, as Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem is buzzing right now. Because there's this, there's this feast getting ready to take place called the Feast of the Passover. And it celebrates what, what God did years earlier when he brought the, the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. And the last plague, you guys know all the plagues, there was this last plague where this death angel comes and he's coming to kill all the firstborn. Uh, but, but what the Israelite people did was they took the blood of a lamb and they spread it across the posts of the doors. And when the angel come to those homes, he, he, they saw the, he saw the blood and he passed those homes up. And it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus, the, the, the perfect lamb, John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God who comes to, to take away our sins. What he would do when he hung on, on a cross and his blood was shed on that cross so that death would have no claim to us anymore through his sacrifice. It's an amazing thing. But they're celebrating the first part of that. They're celebrating what God did for the Egyptians. And, and Bible scholars will tell you there's about a million people in the city at this time. And so Jesus is coming into this, this huge mass group of people. And we were in New York last week, and it was, it was kind of crazy. There were so many people. And, but there was, there was millions of people in this little city. And so Jesus needed a ride. He needed this animal in order to be able to move through the city like he needed to. But what's interesting is that he also needed this animal because on this animal... He was able to be seen by more people. See, this is really important. You need to get this this morning. See, when, when Jesus rode that animal, it allowed him to be at a perspective where more people could see him 
And, and I believe that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to use us so that more people can see us. So more people can see God, is what I meant to say. God wants to use you. You know, there's people in your life that need to see God. There's people in your life that are hurting. There's people in your life, I bet, that are facing some pretty tough stuff right now. And, and because of that stuff, they can't see God. But what God wants to do, realize this, this is, what, this is one of the things that Jesus does. Jesus rescues us. He saves us, yes, because he loves us. But then what he also does is he begins to, to use us so that he can reach through us to a hurting, dying world. He reaches us so that he can then reach through us to reach other people. And, and so what we can do is we can come into the picture of these people's lives who, who desperately need to see God, and, and they can begin to see the hope of glory that's inside of us, which is Christ. They can see the love of God through the way that we live. And so how do we, how do, we do that? How do we step into this role that God has called us to be, where we, we are people who, who bring Jesus to, to people who need him, who, who help elevate Jesus to a place where, where others who need to see him can see him? Three things I want to show you this morning. Number one is this. If you're going to be the donkey, if you're going to be a person who brings Jesus to people who need him, you've got to, number one, pay attention to the details. Pay attention to the details. Notice when Jesus sent the two disciples, he gave them very specific details to what they were going to do, right? He, he said, I want you to go to this village. He didn't just say go to any village. He said, I want you to go to this village. And, and then when you get to this village, I want you to go to this street. And on this street, you're going to find this, this little donkey tied up. And it, and it has to be a donkey that has never, ever been ridden. So here's what Jesus is doing. This is so, this is so amazing. Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. He's fulfilling that prophecy from Zechariah 9 that, that came 500 or so years before he ever came on the scene. He's fulfilling that prophecy, but notice what he does. He allows people, imperfect people, disciples, to step into this amazing story of what God is doing in the world to save people. But in order for them to do it, they had to pay attention to the details. Because listen, if they didn't do exactly what Jesus said to do, they would have messed it up. You know, in order for Jesus to be the Messiah, he had to fulfill every prophecy that was prophesied over him. All of the things that had been in the Bible about the Messiah who was to come, he had to hit every one of those things. And he did. But isn't it amazing that he actually allowed people to step into the role of these prophecies coming into being? But in order for those guys to do it, they had to listen and obey. They had to do stuff exactly the way Jesus said to do. They couldn't just go to any town. They couldn't just pick up any donkey. They had to follow Jesus' instructions to a T. And listen, details are a big deal. And I believe this about New Song Church. I believe that details matter. Because I believe this. I believe that everything we do speaks as a church. From the parking lot to, to the hallways, to our kids' classrooms, Everything that we do as a church either empowers people to experience the presence of God and have an encounter with Jesus Christ, or it can prohibit people from encountering God. And I believe this too. I believe that, you know, next week is Easter. And, 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 and hear me when I say this. Statistics tell us that 80% of lost people who come to church on Easter will respond to an invitation. 80%. That's amazing. If you know anybody lost, you need to be getting them to church next week. But next week, I, I'm going I'm to get up, I'm going I'm to present a gospel message to these people, and then I'm going to give out an invitation for them to make Jesus the Lord of their life and to come into fellowship with him. But I want you to know something. The invitation doesn't start next week at the end of the message. The invitation started weeks ago. The invitation starts now. 
The invitation is taking place all the time. And we all play a part in that invitation. We all have a role that we have to step into in helping people encounter God and come into the presence of God and come into a relationship with Jesus that he has for them. And every detail matters. Every detail matters. Now, I want to kind of play this out for you a little bit. I want you to imagine that we, we took a couple of things that we do here at the church and we just kind of walked them out to about 90% completion. Okay, so let's take, let's take invitations, for, for example, okay? If you've been here at New Song last couple of weeks, we've been talking to you about these invitations we have. As you leave today, uh, you're going to find a table out there right as you're walking out the doors, that, a big banner that says, you know, invite someone. And, and there's be all these different invitations and door hangers and all sorts of stuff there. And, and we've created all those. And, and we started on those uh, months ago. We, started to, we had to come up with the concept of what we're going to do here this year for, for Easter and, and come up with the concept, okay, we're going to do another helicopter Easter egg drop and we're going we're to do this in our kids' rooms and come up with all these plans. And then we had to sit down and we had to put it all together and design it and come up with that. And then we had to send that off to a printer and they had to print it and they had to cut it down and they had to ship it back to us. And then we had to take it and we had to put it on that table so that you could take it and, and it could get into your hands so that it could go out and, and get into people's hands who need hope, who need Jesus. That's the purpose of what those things were created. But here's the thing. That last 10%, you taking it and you putting it into somebody's hands, makes all the difference in the world. If you go take those cards and you grab a handful of them today and you throw them in your car and you forget about it, guess what? They don't fulfill their purpose. And all that work was for nothing. But, but if you take them and you, you get them into the hands of people and you, you carry them on you and you look for opportunities to place them into other people's hands so that other people can come to know Jesus then they fulfill their purpose. It's a, little, it's a little part, but it makes all the difference, doesn't it? Next week, uh, we're, we're going to have, this place is going to be packed out with people. Uh, it's going to be amazing. And, and I, I imagine next week, because I, I, I know our team, everything's going to be going really good. We're going to have you know, kids' classrooms that are full of kids, but it's going to be going smooth. I know that worship is going to be powerful. I know it's going to be amazing. And then there's going to be a moment that I come out to, to preach this message that I've been working on, that I've been studying for and, and putting my heart into for, for a couple of weeks now. And I'm going to come out here ready to share that. But what if I come out and I begin to talk and nobody can hear me? And why can't they hear me? Because no one replaced the batteries in my mic pack. It's a little thing, right? Just a little thing. But it makes a big difference. And here's what I want you to see. We all play a part. We all have a role in this. We all have a, have a part in carrying Jesus to people so they can experience the love that he has for them, experience the life that he has for them. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, as you know, we're, we're giving away a couple of go-karts in our Boomtown classroom to the kids who, who bring the most visitors and who bring their Bibles and all this stuff. They're going to get their, their names put in a little raffle and have the chance of winning a go-kart. And so a couple weeks ago, uh, the go-karts came in. We ordered them and they came in. And on the box, there was this sticker. Do you guys have that? that so this is still a sticker on it. It says, Team Lift, Right? And so here's the idea, uh, that it, it's, this thing is heavy. <laughs> and I know because I didn't team lift it. I, I lifted it on my own, and I almost hurt myself. But the idea here is that it's better, this, this is a heavy burden. And it's a better if, if we get more people involved in lifting this, and then we just try to do it on our own. If we just try to do it on our own, there's a chance we could drop it, it could get damaged, there's a, there's a chance that something could go wrong, somebody could get hurt. And here's what I want you to see. I believe that God is calling us to carry this burden as a church. That we are to team lift this burden of bringing Jesus to other people. And we all play a part. And the more of us that are involved, the more of us that play a part in it, the easier it is to lift. And the, and the better the odds are that nobody's going to get dropped. That nobody's going to get looked past. 
that everybody's going to encounter God like they're supposed to. And you think about a donkey. A donkey is a, called a beast of burden. And, and so here's what that means. Donkeys get stuff done. They just get stuff done. They, they, don't, they don't, you know, you ask them to do something, for the most part they're going to do it. They may be a little bit more stubborn than a horse sometimes, but they'll, they'll do it. There's not a job that's too small to, for them. Donkeys don't really struggle with pride. It's not an issue. They don't need validation. They just get stuff done, right? And, and I believe that's the kind of heart we need to have. In, in fact, write this down. This is the heart you need to have as we move into Easter, and really, as a Christian, this is the heart you need to have. If a job needs to be done, I'll do it. If a job needs to be done, I'll do it. We, we get beyond this point of like, oh, somebody will take care of that. No, no, no. I'll do it. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do whatever God asked me to do. Because here's the thing, guys, and this is amazing to me. It's just Sometimes this stuff hits you, and it's just like, we get to bring Jesus to people. Like, we get to play a part in that. That, that should be something that you're kind of going, wow, I'm, i got to pinch myself on this. Like, I can, by me serving, by me just kind of doing some work, by me jumping in a kid's class, I get to play a part in Jesus being brought into people's life and in their eternity? This is in front of us, and that's amazing. Some of you have experienced life-giving hope, change in your life, and you can, be a part, you can play a part in that coming to another life? That's unbelievable. I'm not trying to throw a burden at you today. Listen, I'm not trying to kind of make you guilt you into, hey, we need you to serve and come guilt. That's not my point at all. My point is that you would catch a heart for this, that we get to bring Jesus to people. In fact, we have a sign. In fact, I saw it this morning. We have these little signs here at New Song that we put up around the place. And it says this. It says, it's a privilege to be on this platform. Thank you, God, for choosing me. It's a privilege to get to do what we do. And let me just tell you, this is not the only platform at this church. There's some platforms in this church that are even greater than this. I, I was with a group of pastors this week, and I was talking to some of them about the importance of reaching kids. 86% of what you believe for the rest of your life is founded in the first five years of your life. Our kids' classes are the most fertile soil we have in this church. It's absolutely true. I mean, if you're a business person... <laughs> And someone tells you, hey, this demographic, if you go after them, 86% of the time you're going to get what you're going for with them versus 20% with this other group. You'd be stupid to neglect that 86%, right? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll feed my lambs. Then he said, you'll feed my sheep, you'll feed my sheep. But he started with lambs. What's a lamb? Little sheep. There's some amazing platforms all over this church that you can step onto that help elevate Jesus to the place he needs to be seen from. And so it's important that we pay attention to the details. You guys tracking with me this morning? We got to jump in. We got to dig in. We got to do whatever it takes. We got to pay attention to the details. Number two, we got to act without the details. Act without the details. Or in other words, we got to obey in faith. Got to obey in faith. These disciples, think about it. These guys had to, had to walk with some serious faith. All right, Jesus asked them to go do something. And I think it's easy for us to read the story sometimes, and we know the end. We know how the story ends, so we kind of read it and we go, well, you know, whatever. But, but they didn't know that. So again, let me modernize this for you. Imagine that I come up to you and I say, I need you to do something for me. 
You say, okay, well, what do you want me to do? All right, I need you to go to Norman. And when you get to Norman, uh, you're going to find one of those inflatable, you know, kind of dancing things. You guys seen those before? You're going to find one of those. And it's, it's at a Ford car dealership. Okay, so I need you to go to that car dealership. And you're going to find all these cars, you know, big trucks and SUVs and sedans. But in the very back corner, there's a, there's a, there's a metal fence and there's this, this little Ford Focus, a little silver Ford Focus. It's brand new. It's never been driven before. Uh, so I need you to go to Norman, and I need you to, uh, to get that for me. And you're like, okay. And, and, and I go on to say, and if anybody asks you about it, just, uh, just tell them the pastor needs it. Th- that's what Jesus did with these guys. Like, that's really what happened. Like, imagine if I asked you that, you would be going, I, how is this going to work? You're going to be driving there going, what if, uh, there's no way this is going to work. What if, I don't feel qualified for this. I don't feel like this is, this, I, don't, I, I don't understand exactly how this is all going to work out. But, but realize, that's what faith is. There's a lack of detail that comes with faith. Because understand this, if we had all the details, it becomes calculated. And God doesn't give us all the details. He asks you to step out in obedience to what he says and then he comes along as you begin to do it. And he begins to walk with you and begins to, to, to make things work out. But, but you've got to take a step of faith. That's what the disciples had to do. And that's what we're called to do. You know, there's people that God's called you to reach. And you're not going to know all the details about their life. You're going to have to step out in faith. You're going to have to ask some questions. You're not going to know what their family history is like. You're not going to know their financial situation. You're not going to know the sins that they're struggling with. You're not going to know all those things. But you know what else you're not going to know? You're not going to know what God's been doing in their life to bring them to this moment with you. You're not going to know all the times that God's been speaking to them, all the other people that have come along to say things and, and, and build little moments that create the divine moment that he's called you to where everything comes into focus or, or where you play a part in bringing them to church where everything comes into focus. We don't, we don't know all the details. And honestly, it's probably better that we don't because there might be a lot of people that if we knew all the details we might not go after them like we should. But God wants to use us to reach out to people. And most of the time, it's going to mean we have to step into some stuff that we don't know all the details to. You're going to have to go up and talk to somebody. And you might have these questions. Here's what, here's what happens. God calls you to go speak to somebody, and you're thinking, well, what if, what if I don't know what to say? What if they ask me a question and I don't have the answer? What if I, what if I don't communicate this very well? What if, what if they, you know, someone in my family, what if I tell them this and it drives a, a rift within our family. What if, what if, what if? This is something God told me this week. You can write this down if you're taking notes. He gave me this little phrase. I think this is really good. Don't let a lack of information keep you from being a part of someone else's reformation. That's good. Don't let a lack of information keep you from being a part of someone else's reformation. There may be a lot of reasons inside your mind as to why you shouldn't do this, but let me just tell you, there are some eternal reasons why you should, and it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk because eternity is a hand, and you could play a part. Would you be willing to obey God and be used by God and walk in faith? So number one, we pay attention to the details. Number two, we act without all the details. We obey in faith. And number three, stand at your detail. Stand at your detail. I was really proud that I was able to put detail in all the points this week. Thank you, yeah. My wife, that, that kind of stuff really butters her biscuits. 
The military defines a detail. I can't believe I just said that. The military defines a detail as this. It's an appointment, assignment, a duty, or a special task for an officer or a group. God has a, an assignment for you. He has a special task, a duty for you. He has an appointed moment for you. I believe that for every one of you. Now, I have a big imagination, okay? I'm just, I've never really gotten over being a kid. And, uh, and so I tend to find myself kind of playing these games with stuff in my head sometimes, and particularly with animals. If I see an animal, I cannot help but give that animal a personality based on what I see in the animal. Like we have a dog named Ellis. He's a little gray uh, schnauzer. He has a mohawk and a beard, and he's a hipster. And, uh, and I have created this whole persona for my dog. You can ask my family. He has a voice. He has all these things. And, um, and when I go to the zoo, I, I see these animals, and I just see them walking around, and I just immediately I, can, I have a voice for them. I can just develop this whole character for who this, this animal is and the kind of animal that they may be. And this week, as I was looking at this story, I couldn't kind of help but do the same thing with this donkey. And imagine this donkey, you know, his, his life. Okay, so imagine this with me. You got this donkey, and every day, uh, he, he's, they put a little harness on his face, and they take him over to this, to this pole, and he gets tied to this post. And he's tied to this post, and, and the Bible says that he's in a doorway, and he can see down both sides of the road. That's so what that tells me is he can see other stuff going on. He's not in the middle of it, but he can see it. And so this donkey's kind of hanging out of his post, and he's watching, and he sees camels going by, and horses going by, and and other donkeys going by. And he probably sees them and is just like, oh man, I wish, I wish that could be me. I wish I could, I could go do that. I, I wish I could, I could pull a plow. I wish I could carry a wagon. I, I wish I could have a little kid on my back. He probably had dreams of like one day being free to roam around and, and run with the wind blowing through his little donkey mane and, and, and you know, checking out all the donkey girls. Like, hey girl, what's up? Hee haw. You know, playing games with his donkey friends. Pin the tail on the friend, right? (laughs) But he's just tied to his post. He's just kind of doing his little thing, doing nothing. And he probably feels insignificant sometimes. Feels like no one really notices him. Probably wishes he could go do something else, but he's just stuck there day after day, tied to his post. And then one day, these two guys show up. (laughs) And they start untying him. And I imagine in his little donkey mind, he's thinking, yes, my moment has come. Maybe I've been bought, and, and now I'm going to get to go you know, do something significant. Maybe I'm going to get to you know, carry a, a, a little wagon or have a kid on my back or, or run free like I've always wanted to do. And then his owner comes over, and he begins to talk to these guys and ask them what they're doing. And he hears these two guys say, the master has need. And he hears that, and he's going, the master has need of me? I'm of use to the master. Maybe you find yourself sometimes feeling like that little donkey. It's kind of tied to your post. No one sees you. No one knows you're around. You feel a little insignificant. Maybe you're a little stubborn, a little stinky. (laughs) Don't look as good as I do. That was a joke. I'm... uh, But maybe you find yourself there sometimes and you feel like, Master has no use for me. But 
think about this little donkey. In just a few moments, he's going to walk into Jerusalem. And this beast of burden is going to carry the burden of the world on his back. As Jesus carries the burden of this whole world and is, and is marched in on a baby donkey. And he's been tied to this post and now he's, people are singing praises and good thing he stated his detail, right? Good thing he stated his post. Good thing he didn't try to run off. Because he didn't, he got to be used in one of the greatest stories ever told. What I want you to see this morning is these details, they matter. And God wants to use every one of us. No matter what you may feel like today, no matter how imperfect, how stinky, sweaty, messy, messed up your life may be, if he can use a baby donkey to bring Jesus, to bring the hope of the world into the greatest moment in history, he can use you. It says this in um, Matthew 21, verse 10. It says, And when he was come into Jerusalem, this is Matthew's same, kind of talking about this same exact thing. It says, And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. All the city was moved. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing an egg hunt next week? Why are we doing all this stuff? Why am I asking you to be a part of this? Because I want to see this city moved. I want to see life, lives changed. I want to see Jesus do for others what he's done for me. I know what it's like to be lost, and some of you do too. To be hopeless. But there's hope. And people need to find it. And we need to do our part. Three things we can do this week, okay? Three things, three action steps. Number one, pray. I want to invite you this week to pray. Here's what prayer does. It prepares the way. When we pray, it, it, number one, it prepares the way so that, that we can step into opportunities that God wants us to step into. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for things, and I don't even know necessarily sometimes what I'm praying for, but then opportunities will kind of arise that I can step into, that I've been praying for, and, and God kind of creates these moments that I can walk into through prayer. The other thing that prayer does, especially when you're praying for other people for the lost, which is so important for us to do, is it gets our focus off of ourselves, and there's people this week, you're, you're going to spend some time in prayer, and there's, there's hearts that, that are being softened as you do that. There's, there's people that God is, through the Holy Spirit, is going to begin to talk to. That, that, that there, there's people, you know, there's people that probably in the last couple of weeks have said, God, make yourself real to me. And you coming and saying, hey, come to church with me, is going to be God making himself real to them. So I want to invite you to pray this week. Pray that God would use you. Pray that, that God would let you be a moment. Let you be a carrier of Jesus into someone else's life. Pray for that. Number two, invite slash bring. Invite slash bring. We, we obviously, we have these cards that we've, you know, we have for you. I want you to take those cards. I want you to get a handful of them. Look for opportunities to put those into people's hands. Look for opportunities to invite. But beyond that, here's what I'm not asking you to do. Like, don't go to work and you know, throw up in somebody's office door and throw a handful in and be like, come to church. Like, don't do that. I want you to bring people. And here's what, here's what bringing means. It means you invest. It means you invest. It means you do stuff like you say, hey, I'd love it if you, if you could come to church with me this week. We, we got a really awesome service. Well, what can I do to help? Do you need a ride? I'll pick you up. Uh, I'll, I'll meet you in the parking lot and help you get your kids checked in. 
I'll, I'll buy you lunch after church. I'm going to make an investment. I'm going to make an investment because a, a $20 lunch, if that leads to your, an eternal difference in your life, that's the best $20 I've ever spent in my life. I'm going to invest. I'm going to bring, I'm going to do everything I can to, to not just invite, but to bring people with me. And number three, I'm going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. You know what I want people to experience here next week? The excitement of what it means to know Jesus. Next week, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, hey, everybody, let's give the Lord a hand. And I want us to practice, okay? I'm going to say this, and I want you to give the Lord a hand, okay? So let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, we're talking about Jesus. Help me with that. Let, let's let people, you, you enter in, you get into it next week. You show people this is exciting. This week, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, get on whatever. Let people know that you're excited about church. God's doing something amazing in your life and you want them to come with you. Get out there and, and let people know, celebrate what God's doing. Let's celebrate together because God wants to move on this city and he wants to use you. My friends, Jesus is calling for a vehicle and he doesn't need a perfect vehicle. He just needs a willing vessel. And if you'll be a willing vessel, he will use you to do amazing things. Eternal impact, eternal life can be changed if we're willing to step into what God's asking us to do. The master has need of you. The master has need of you. Turn to the person beside you, tell him, the master needs you. He's calling for you to be a vehicle that Jesus can come in on. Pay attention to the details. Act without all the details. Stand at your details. Be the donkey. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we love you. God, it's so amazing. We get to be a part of this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done for us and that we can be people in all of our imperfection, that we can be the kind of people that, that, that bring the Savior, bring the King of Kings, bring the Messiah, bring hope, bring salvation. We can bring you to other people. We can, we can elevate Jesus so that other people can see him. God, we're grateful for this. And I ask that you would use us, every one of us, to do this amazing work. Look up here at me. Let me, let me give you a couple of instructions, okay? Here's what I need you to do this week, okay? I, I, we, we need some people to step up, step up and be a part of this. I need some people to be the donkey. Now, here's what that means. A couple of things that means. Number one is this. We've got two services next week. Some of you, your role in being the donkey is this. We need you to come to the 9 o'clock service. Now, I know what that means. It means that you, you, if you come, it means that you're, uh, you're going to have to like, probably leave and go somewhere else for a little bit. And if you've got kids, and then come back with them. But understand, you doing that frees up space for other people. Last year, uh, we had about 200 people in our first service and 500 plus in our, 10, in our 1030 service. Okay? People are, majority of visitors are going to come to that second service. So one of the things you can do, if you don't have somebody coming with you, if, you're, if you've invited somebody and you know they're, and you're bringing them, you, you go, we'll, we'll find a way. But if you don't, and, and you can come, and you can attend that first, and then either go home or serve during the second one, that will really help us out. Now, here's the other thing we need. We need people to serve. We've got some more positions that we need filled. And so what's our heart? Our heart is, if something needs to be done, I'm going to do it, okay? So out in the, out in the lobby today, there's some, there's some papers out there. Uh, some sign-up sheets that have, that have different opportunities. We need some more people to help us in kids' classes. Uh, we need people to help us with the egg drop, with cleanup, setup, teardown. We just need people to kind of jump into some more of these roles. We need some donkeys up in this mug, all right? So we need you guys to help us out with that. So if you would, I want to I invite you to be a part of that. Invite you to be a part of helping team lift this thing 
with us so that people can experience the love of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you know you're far from God, this, this next few moments is all about you. We, we would love for you to come into the relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ. Maybe at one point in your life you knew God, you followed him, but you, but you know right now you're not really sure. If something was to happen to you, you're not really sure what that would look like. And, and I want to invite you today, don't, don't walk out of this place with that uncertainty. Uh, I want to invite you to, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're right with God and know where you're going and know that you have a relationship with him. Jesus wants to walk with you. You know, our, our purpose here at New Song is this. We want to help people know God. That's our, that's our whole, that's everything right there. That's what we want to do. Not, not learn about a God, not learn about a religion, but know, know God. Walk with him, live with him. That's what we want to help people do. So if you're here today and, and you don't know that you know God, let, let's do this. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. If you don't know for sure that you're right with God, I'm going to count to three and I want you to put your hand up, okay? Or maybe you've, been, you've known God before, but you, you know you're far away. Whatever your situation may be, if you have any uncertainty about your relationship with Jesus Christ, when I count to three, I want you to put your hand up, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Ready? One, two, three, hands up. I see hands. Okay, several hands up all over the room. Awesome. You guys can put your hands back down. All right, let's do this, church. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all say this together because we believe in what these people are getting ready to do. Say this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sins. And he made a way so that I can have a relationship with God. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. So Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. I give my days to you. I surrender myself to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's celebrate. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's amazing. I want to invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today and, and you have a need in your life, uh, these guys coming down here this morning, they would love to pray with you. Now, I, I don't know what your church kind of background may be. Maybe you've seen, you know, the altar thing is kind of for the people who are really messed up, you know, like the guys who's on drugs or have problems or, you know, they, they're messed up. But we don't do it like that here. Here at New Song, we believe if you've got a burden, we want to pray with you over it. Because we know there's power in joining our faith with other people in prayer. And so that's what they're here for. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to think, you're not going to tell them anything and they're going to be like, whoa, okay, don't come back here anymore. No, they're not going to do that. They're, they're going to, they want to pray with you. They want to join their faith with yours and, and help you to see those, those burdens get lifted. We want you to leave this place different than how you came. So if you're here today and you have a need in your life, it may be big. You may be dealing with cancer. You may be dealing with a sinus infection. You may have lost your job. You may be just wondering if this is the right job for you. Be, if your problem's big, if your problem's small, it's, it matters to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So if you would, uh, here in a moment, we're going to go into a praise song worship song and I want to invite you as we're worshiping to come down and pray with one of these amazing people down here and if you're one of the people that raised your hand a moment ago and asked Jesus into your heart made him the Lord of your life I want to invite you to come down and, and let one of these guys know just tell them that you did that because we have a gift for you a new song we believe when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life it's your spiritual birthday the Bible says that you are born again and so this is your birthday it's your birthday and we want to give you something we had a birthday present for you so make sure you come down now, if you would would you stand with me Lord, we praise you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all that you've done for us, God. We, we worship and magnify you today. Thank you for sealing this word in our heart. 
We thank you that we're going to go forth this week and we're going to make a difference. We're going to make an impact. We're going to be the donkey that brings people, that brings Jesus to people. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.